Welcome to today's edition of Beat to the Fire, where we're always challenging the status quo. For more cutting-edge commentary, go to feettothefire.org. That is feet, the number two, thefire.org. And now your host. Good morning and welcome to the day before Thanksgiving, one of my all-time favorite days. Pies are cooking in the oven. Kids come home from school for a long weekend. Everybody is getting comfortable and warm in their houses while they await the holidays and the beginning of the holiday season with tomorrow, which is Thanksgiving. So we are pumped to be here with you. Welcome to Feet to the Fire, the new voice of conservative dissent. And this is your host, Sergio Fasa. This will be our last episode for the week as we join everybody else and go relax in our homes with family and relatives and friends and enjoy the long weekend. But before we go, a special edition Thanksgiving episode from Feet to the Fire. Today's episode, in honor of Thanksgiving, seven more reasons why you should support Trump's 2024 candidacy. That's right. No, I'm just kidding. That's not the special episode. I could do seven more reasons, but I'm not going to. I think we have highlighted that enough over the last few days and weeks. And I will continue to highlight that as need be, because the narrative constantly being drummed up in the media and trumpeted out in the culture is that Trump is over. He's old news. Got to retire Trump, and I'm going to continue defying that narrative. But that is not today's episode. We're going to do a special Thanksgiving episode and look at the Mayflower Compact. But before we do that, I want to hit a couple little things in the news that I'll probably get to next week, but I can't help from saying them. So I'm going to whet your appetite on some current event issues and then jump over to our special Mayflower Compact edition. First thing, real quick, this is from creators.com, not familiar with the website, but David Harsanyi, if that's how you say his name, um, a seems to be an experienced conservative writer, a lot of books out there, publications. But he wrote this article, and I'm just going to read the title, and we'll get into it hopefully next week. I could not agree more. Here's his title, Contra Conventional Wisdom, There is Little Evidence Abortion Hurt Republicans. He's talking about the recent midterm elections. And I couldn't agree more. This is another mainstream narrative that shoved down our throats. Oh, Republicans, you didn't do as well as you did. You didn't do as well as expected because you just dug your heels in on pro-life. That's a losing proposition. No, I reject that. It is not a losing proposition pro-life. In many ways, it's a winning proposition. The article gets into it. But they take any excuse to pound our pro-life foundation and say, give it up, that's why you lost. No, that's a narrative they're spinning out, again, to silence us and to put us on our heels and to make us defensive and to make us give up the pro-life position. It's the same thing I've been saying for the last week, two weeks, how the left and the culture and mainstream media tries to silence us. Give up on your Tea Party candidates, they're too extreme. Ronald Reagan's crazy, he's too extreme. Sarah Palin's out of her mind, extreme. Donald Trump, MAGA, too extreme. You're domestic terrorists. Get rid of that. All they do isn't try and intimidate us and mock us and humiliate us so that we give up our most effective, strong, potent, and our most important positions. Not going to happen. So that's interesting. Number two thing. 
Biden, this is from Daily Mail, agrees to pay climate reparations to compensate developing countries for global warming. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Listen to the lead sentence. I was right. I was Rush was right. Biden agrees to pay climate reparations. U.S. will pay up to $1 billion to compensate developing countries for global warming, but gas-guzzling China won't have to pay into the global fund. But there it is, the whole point, loud and clear, global warming and environmentalism, listen, is worldwide socialism, worldwide wealth redistribution, taking from the wealthy nations and the producers and giving it to the developing, non-producing, poorer countries to hurt the powerful, wealthy, and free, and redistribute not only money, but power among all the several nations on the earth. It's global socialism. Don't believe the hype. It's all a scam. All right, and the last thing from the Daily Fetched, listen to this, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, who I think is gay or something like that, or trans, I gay, blasted over Chicago's violence after she decried the Colorado shooting. So this is the... the uh, shooting at the gay nightclub in Colorado. Lightfoot responded to the deadly shooting at a gay nightclub in Colorado where five people were killed and dozens injured. So she's gay, so she had to make a comment. I'm sick of this bleep. How many people need to be murdered, Lightfoot asked. How many lives torn apart? Until it actually stops, we don't have to live like this, and we don't have to die like this, she wrote on Sunday. So she's all morally sanctimonious and self-righteous and Angry. Well, we were all angry about a shooting at any nightclub. That's terrible. Of course, that's terrible. But she's morally indignant. It's a little hard to take her seriously, though, because listen to this next line from the Daily Fetch. At least 20 people were shot and three people were killed in gang related shootings over the past weekend in Chicago. So she's lecturing us about how trans shouldn't be targeted and gays shouldn't be targeted for violence, which they shouldn't be. Meanwhile, in her city, there's murders and violence and brutal death weekend after weekend that she's responsible for on her watch, and she's doing nothing about it and has no moral indignation over that. Why? Because it's not politically expedient, because a lot of times it's black-on-black crime. And so you can't manipulate that for your political agenda. You can't exploit that for your political narrative in the news. Unbelievable, the hypocrisy. All right, enough of that. The Mayflower Compact in honor of Thanksgiving. Folks, This, in 1620, is one of the most pivotal moments in American history and human history. This is the first iteration of self-government, at least in the New World. There was movements and currents of self-government, you know, particularly we think of the Magna Carta centuries earlier. But as far as in the New World, self-government as we now know it, this is the moment in time. The pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock in 1620, and before disembarking and even going on shore as as an entity, as an organization, they signed this Mayflower Compact, and I'm going to read it to you, and let the words speak for themselves and discuss some of the implications as well. In the name of God, amen. So, already a religious tone, and as we will see, a Christian theme. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord, King James, so due submission to governing authorities, Romans 13, 1 Peter 3, by the grace of God, which is a peculiar 
gospel, new covenant idea, grace, that is new covenant language, by the grace of God, of Great Britain, France, and Ireland king, defender of the faith, etc., having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith. You see that? This was peculiar in that it was a Christian document and Christians undertaking this new society. And it was, we know, for the purpose of religious freedom to practice not just any old religion, whatever you want, but to practice Christianity free from persecution because that is what was being persecuted in Europe and in England. And that's why they were separatists because they separated the Puritans from the Church of England in order to practice true religion, true biblical worship according to the word of God and conscience, free from harassment and molestation and persecution from oppressive regimes that disallow and prohibit free religious worship. That's why they came. For the advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, which they didn't realize until later that's not where they landed, do by these presents solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one of another, so taking the witness of God and men, covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic. There it is. The first moment of self-government. For our, why? Better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends aforesaid. Furtherance of the ends they just mentioned, which part of that was the advancement of the gospel, the Christian faith. And by virtue hereof to enact, constitute, and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions, and offices from time to time, as shall be thought most meet and convenient for the general good of the colony, unto which we promise all due submission and obedience. In other words, we will so covenant ourselves and constitute ourselves, enter into a social compact, agreeing to pass certain judicious and wise laws and offices and acts and documents that will help to govern a free and orderly society where there's free religious worship, but an overriding, over, overarching law that will restrain evil and maintain order. In witness whereof we have hereunder subscribed our names at Cape Cod the 11th of November, in the year of the reign of our sovereign lord, King James of England, France and Ireland, the 18th, and of Scotland, the 54th, Anno Domino, year of our Lord, 1620. And even that, ending Anno Domino, 1620, is referencing year of our Lord, which is who? The Lord Jesus Christ, 1620, 1,620 years since the time that Christ arrived in the world. So this is clearly Christian, even to the point of using the Christian calendar. And now you see modern scholars, CE, common era, because they don't want to use AD, year of our Lord. That's baloney. That's garbage. We use a Christian calendar and a Christian historical ruler, measuring rod. And so that's what the pilgrims were doing. Also, by the way, who is this King James? This is, if you didn't know, the King James of the King James Bible, the authorized version, which was printed in 1611. Prior to that, there was, for 
centuries leading up to this point, there was massive persecution for translating the Bible out of Latin, out of Greek, the original Greek, original Hebrew, and then the Catholics were using Latin, translating it out of that into the English tongue, heavy persecution. The separatists and the Puritans used the Geneva Bible, which was the first annotated Bible, which had references and commentary in it. By the way, commentary such as debunking the divine right of kings, that kings can't do whatever they want. For instance, when Pharaoh said to murder all of the Jewish babies in Egypt, the Hebrew midwives did not listen, but obeyed God rather than the king. So kings and monarchs didn't like the Geneva Bible. They got rid of that. And in England, without those annotations, the king of England gave a decree and assembled scholars to put together the King James Bible, the authorized version that was printed in 1611. So that's who that King James is. By the way, the Bible that the pilgrims did take with them, however, was the Geneva Bible. That was the Bible of the Puritans, the Bible of John Bunyan, William Shakespeare, Oliver Cromwell. That was the Bible of the Puritans. Now, let's look at this language, civil body politic. What does that mean? Well, civil means of or relating to citizens of or relating to the state or citizenry, something regarding law, established by law, of relating to or involving the general public. So it has to do with the regular people, their activities, needs, or ways, or civic affairs as distinguished from special affairs like military and religious. So civil has to do with the people, the citizenry. That's from Merriam-Webster. Politic. The technical definition means seeming sensible and judicious under the circumstances. Um, so something that's wise, but it has a sense of management or government because of the etymology. It comes from the original Greek word polis, which means city. So wise management or government. The civil body politic is self-government, a law-making body. And so when the pilgrims signed the Mayflower Compact, they brought themselves into the first self-government, law-making body, civil body politic, characterized and defined by that first freedom, freedom of religion. And this is the first time that this happens in the new world. And from these principles and themes and the spirit of this compact then proceeds all of our current civil institutions that we have held on to since the beginning of America, the Declaration of Independence, which enshrined our natural rights, God-given rights, and the U.S. Constitution, which is a grander, more elaborate, yet still simple covenant between among men to create a government that will restrain evil under the law and yet guarantee our civil rights, the civil body politic. Let justice roll down like waters, America, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Don't believe the hype out there. Self-government and government under covenant law is the highest form of government and something we cherish and treasure and celebrate in America and every Thanksgiving as we remember our forebears, the Pilgrims and Plymouth Rock. Have a wonderful and happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time, and we will see you guys next week.